Welcome to Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. I'm your co-host, Erin Todd. I'm a writer and an intuitive eater. And I'm your co-host, Charlie Castle, registered dietitian and exercise physiologist. We're here to help you discover whole health for your mind, body, and soul. That's right. Our goal is to embody scripture, ditch dieting, and live on purpose. Woo! Woo! Yes, girl. Today on the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast, our guest is going to be sharing about her journey of keeping food and body as her own little kingdom and finding just surprising, incredible freedom and finally surrendering that to the Lord. That's right. Today, we are talking spirit-led surrender with my friend, Andrea Bourgeois. Andrea is passionate about giving people tools to discover God's faithfulness by studying God's word turning pain into purpose, and inspiring others to share their story with the world. She is a high school teacher by day and a writer by night. Andrea is the author of two books. One is called Just Breathe, A Modern Day Exodus to Revive Your Soul. This is a five-week Bible study, and it's got an available small group package, including weekly teaching videos and a leader guide, so you can get your people together and experience some revival together, and also Anchor My Soul. Anchor My Soul is a memoir devotional. It's a collection of 25 women's stories of pain into purpose and experiencing God's faithfulness in the storms of life. I had the honor and privilege to submit my story as a chapter in Anchor My Soul. So that book is just so near and dear to my heart, as is this incredible woman that we're going to be hearing from today. Before we jump into our conversation with Andrea, as a reminder for all of our podcast episodes, this program is for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Our aim is to introduce you to the principles of intuitive eating and help you see how those principles align with scripture so you can improve your relationship with food, your body, and God, and cast out dieting for good. Welcome, Andrea. I am so excited to have you here, girl. Hey. Okay, so I'm sure people will have noticed by now, but like Andrea is one of my in real life friends. And so <laughs> I'll try and limit my uh, <laughs> my inside jokes or anything like that. We'll, we'll try and let you get to know her because it's a joy to get to know Andrea and her beautiful, beautiful faith. And I can't wait. Uh, so start us off with your God story, your food story, wherever, wherever goes back the farthest. Start us off there, Andrea. Okay, well, um, my first, um, I guess, experiences with the Lord was probably middle school, high school. We had a really good youth group. Um, we had this youth leader named Mitch that just really took his time to invest in us as young kids. And um, that was probably whenever I came to know who Jesus is. And and it became like a personal relationship where I understood that he died for me. And then um, I went to college and in college, um, I had not learned discernment yet. I had not learned um, how to seek the Lord for big decisions and 
you know, those sorts of things. My prayers were very like blanket prayers, like, Lord, guide me, Lord, you know, very like just broad. Um, I did meet this fella that I thought was a gem and um, fell in love really quickly. And the Lord um, warned me. I remember sitting on my bed and it was almost like not an audible voice that you could hear, you know, like on a microphone, but it was within my soul. And I just remember asking, like, how does this relationship continue to grow? Because we were both in the uh, student center with the Baptist Collegiate Ministry and all that kind of stuff. So, like, I knew he loved Jesus and I love Jesus and he was cute. And I was like, hey, you love Jesus and you're cute. Let's get married. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why not? Right. Um, and I remember the Lord saying it, your, your relationship is like a flower. If you water it, it's going to grow, but if not, it's going to die. And I asked, well, how do I water it? And he was like me, uh, it's me. Well, we got married very quickly and I was, I turned 21 after we got married. And by the time we were 23, uh, well, I was 23, we were already separated and going through a divorce. It was, um, I mean, it was like the moment we got home from our honeymoon, it was like I was married to someone different and those feelings of rejection and those feelings of not worthiness really surfaced, uh, to an all time high. And, um, I I lost my identity because my identity in Christ was like very fresh and very new that I didn't know how to grow that. And this uh, really hard time in my life, um, that is when I really fell in love with Jesus. And I remember uh, we were, I I had gotten my own place. I was in an apartment and um, actually the Lord brought this to me this morning. Um, It's really neat that you asked me to share my faith story because uh, he brought and, and he brought this back in my memory this morning in my quiet time that I fell in love with him in 2007, reading the book of Psalms. And I knew of Jesus. I had asked him to take over my life and be my savior, be my, my king, my everything. But it wasn't until that time period of going through my divorce that I actually fell in love with him and he became who he is in my life today. And I became the woman that he wanted me to be. Um, but the feelings of rejection and all of that really got a hold of me in that period of my life. Um, from that point forward, I was always seeking the Lord, trying to figure out what he had for me. We went through, or I went through a lot of hardships after that. Um, I did find, um, well, uh, the Lord brought uh, my husband that I'm married to today in my life uh, in 2009, we got married in 11, but in that time from 11 to, I'd say 2015, those five years were really hard because his sister passed away with cancer. His parents went through some really ugly grief. I had, you know, I, I got to be a part of that. I got to learn what it's like to live with people that are, um, functioning in a manic depressant state, mm-hmm. um, with, um, just dependencies on things that are not healthy, you know, all of those things. So I went through this period of, of hardship in that. 
And the Lord brought me back to all the things that he taught me during the divorce to pull me through that. Mm -hmm. And so my faith really grew um, in those 10 years from when I was probably 23 to about 33. And, um, but there again, there was always this need of not feeling like I was enough. And in that period, this kind of goes into my food story. Mm -hmm. Um, I always felt from the day that I realized that my first husband didn't love me and I wasn't good enough from that day forward, I thought that if I ran more or if I got on a diet and lost enough, like that, if I was skinny, that I would meet the expectations of what society puts on us as women. Um, it was like this ongoing secret battle that I never shared with anybody. It was um, just trying to be enough and, and trying to please others. And um, I didn't even realize that it was a struggle, to be honest, until a year after Erin and I had been friends. <laughs> and when she kept telling me her, her desire that the Lord had put on her heart, I'm thinking, well, that's, hmm. I mean, I wonder, no, surely not. Like it was this like constant conversation in my spirit. Like Andrea, you give me everything of your life, but you, but you hold back your health and you hold back the way you look. You give me everything else. You've given me your career. You've given me your relationships. You've given me your children, your husband. You've given me your future plans for where you live, your finances. You've given me everything, but you will not give me your look or like, you know, your body and like the food that, uh, and the workout and that whole like little wrapped up package. And, uh, in November of 19, so Aaron and I had been friends since I guess May, I guess yeah. of yeah, that year, because we met, um, preparing for she speaks. It was in November that I told the Lord, cause he was nudging me hard, <laughs> nudging me really hard. And I was like, okay, I give you one year. Not that I was like putting a, a time limit or like a bargaining with him, but I thought, okay, I'll give you a year. Well, I kind of picked the best year to do it because COVID happened <laughs> right after. And so everybody was like not doing anything. So I wasn't forced, I don't know, in those situations where I felt the pressure to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And um, whenever I started doing intuitive eating, um, I had that, it was almost like the Lord knew I needed that solitude or like that, um, isolation yeah. to, to not be, um, pressured from the outside to, um, kind of really get into it and, and trust him because, um, there were some days that I cried a lot and our friend Trudy that we met as she speaks, she and I would Marco with Aaron about all of the intuitive eating, but then she and I would side Marco and cry because <laughs> we didn't want Aaron to hear us cry. Oh, girl. And, uh, <laughs> and so I'm like, but I'm going to get fat. She's like, no, we're not. Jesus doesn't say that. And so like, we literally would just have to like get it out and then speak life over each other. So that way we could get through the hurdle because the fears of, oh gosh, I'm letting my body go mm -hmm. would trying to um, speak louder than the truth. And we knew that that just wasn't true. So, so 
we really needed each other in that. And we, it's just funny that like we would side text, okay, Erin can't know that we're crying about this because she's going to be like, y'all. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. This is the first time I'm hearing this. So I am just <laughs> laughing <laughs> along with uh, I love but, that uh, you guys had each other during that time. And I mean, yeah. I remember, cause I was working with Trudy. I remember Trudy saying like, oh, on the other Marco with my friend, I was bawling and I told Aaron this. And like, she would, she would come to me and we would like hash out this whole thing, but that's all part of the process. Mm-hmm. It's all the, like the stages of grieving this. Right this idea we had that losing the weight and being better would miraculously change our lives and make us worthy. And then there's like this grieving process of recognizing that that's not true and trying to learn right. a way. And so totally normal. I think lots mm-hmm. of women cry with their friends as they're accepting this. Yes. And it's, um, it's beautiful to see how um, he tears down those lies and how, when we just let go of the control, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's not going to steer us in the wrong path. He's not going to steer us in a direction where we're going to, you know, become, uh, medically unhealthy. And, you know, I should say, or like, you know, me- like where medical needs are going to start to occur mm-hmm. because of the choice of choosing God to guide us in our health. Like it, he's not going to let that happen when we truly trust him and become intuitive with what he is wanting us to do with our bodies and for our bodies and that sort of thing. It's the freedom that, um, that I still can't really put into words. Um, last night we had an event for our community Um, because I live in Southwest Louisiana and we have been through so much, not only the quarantine that everyone else in the world's faced, but we've had two hurricanes and then we've had some other extreme weather and homes have been destroyed months and weeks after they moved in from the remodel of the destruction from the hurricanes. Like it's just one thing after the next. And so we have these events where we are, um, just kind of reaching out to the community. And one of the girls came up to me and said, Hey, you follow and you're like friends with this girl on this podcast that I'm listening to about eating. I'm like, (laughs) so I was able to share my food story with her. And then two other girls heard us talking and they walked over and they were like, I want a good relationship with food. It's, Uh, it's so good. It is a movement that is coming. And, um, I think more and more people are starting to realize that the yo-yo dieting cycle that we've all lived in for the last 10 years or longer, I feel like mine has just been in the 10 year cycle, um, but partly because of what I went through, but then also that's when like social media came on and we all felt the pressure of like looking like the, the airbrushed, beautiful people on the screen, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, like that was another added, like, well, I got to look like that, you know? Um, I just feel like everybody's over it and they're, they're starting to see for themselves that I'm in an unhealthy cycle and I want out. So, so Andrea, I want you to talk a little bit more about this um, thing that I think is actually really common, but you articulating it was the first um, instance where I kind of got my head around it of keeping 
your health and your appearance separate. Like you've surrendered everything else in your life and you're sold out except for this one little thing. And this like the language I think you might've used at one point was like, this is my own little kingdom. Like I want to hear what you, what your thought process was and keeping that separate and how the Lord um, led you into surrendering that part. Like just talk us through what that felt like and your thoughts around that. Um, it probably, I probably didn't even realize that I never surrendered that area until I met you, honestly. Um, because to hear your obedience with food and your obedience with the dieting or the anti-dieting, I was kind of taken back like, oh gosh, I've never even thought to bring that to the Lord. Like it was Mm -hmm. just this huge moment of realizing, wow that's probably one of the most important things that I should be bringing to the Lord. And I have held it in my own thinking that that was something that I was supposed to take care of, uh, believing the lie that, uh, all the self-help you can make yourself better. You can do this. It had brainwashed me into thinking that that, that was the area that I was in control of because I eat it. Then I'm in control of it. Um, and then what I eat determines my health. And it was all like me, me, me. Um, I never, just never even thought that that was an area that I needed to bring to the Lord until he convicted me of it. Um, Just being exposed to the truth, it takes time for us to digest it. And uh, then it's little seeds that he plants. And so um, eventually that seed grew and he's like, you need to deal with this. And there was probably a two month process from probably September to November. It was, I remember it was Thanksgiving holiday uh, when I finally surrendered it. But um, it was those two months that I just was like, no, like, because then I'm going to get fat or fatter than I already am. And I'm not happy with the way I look. So I need to go run. Well, he, um, he just kept being very patient. He didn't push it on me. He didn't scold me because I wasn't immediately jumping in on this, Mm -hmm. you know, on this idea. Um, But it was like little nudges, little nudges, little nudges. And with grace, he kept showing me. But if you do this, you're free of this. You're free of this bondage and you're free of you having to think that you have to look this way. And um, I honestly didn't even realize that all the rejection that I had gone through in my life with, you know, the first marriage and even like just the relationships that I had growing up and then the friendships and the, um, seeking approval of others. I didn't even realize how all that was connected into the dieting cycle until I actually dove into it. But, um, it was a slow process, but it started with seeds. Mm -hmm. You can't be convicted of something until you know that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And society has done a really good job of making us think that this is the only way. And our voices, now that we're in truth, have got to speak louder. And I think it is getting louder because there is a movement now. Mm-hmm. There's so many authors and um, podcasters that are getting this message out. And so I think that that's where it kind of started. What did that surrender on Thanksgiving day look like? 
Uh, well, I was, I'm a, t- a school teacher. So it was like that week I was off Monday through Friday. And I want to believe it was like that Tuesday or Wednesday, but, um, uh, I just remember thinking like Thanksgiving is coming. Everybody like gorgeous, you know, like you eat all the things. And, um, I was already thinking of like what I could eat and what I couldn't eat mm-hmm. because of what I was unhappy with the way that I looked knew that the only way to get back to what I wanted to look was to do some crazy restriction diet. And I was like, I actually planning out starting that again. Mm -hmm. And then, um, that was when the whole yo-yo died, like Mm -hmm. getting louder and louder and louder. Like, this is a cycle that you will never break if you don't come to me and give it to me. Um, and it just, it was through a lot of prayer and journaling and just, I don't, I don't remember, um, like voicing it out, mm-hmm. uh, verbally until probably weeks into it. Like yeah. it was kind of like, yeah. okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, okay. Okay. I'll try it. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not sold out on this and mm-hmm. I'm going to, I mean, I don't know how like dedicated I'm going to do it, but like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try it. You know, it was very <laughs> like, well, I'll put my toe in the water and see. Uh-huh. And then once I was in it weeks. I think it was probably two or three weeks into it. That's when I, I like broke because I realized the lie that I have been believing. Mm -hmm. Um, And just kind of like ashamed that I'd never had given God this area Mm -hmm. and, uh, and also scared Mm -hmm. because my pants were getting tight and I was like, no, but he was like, but they won't be like that forever. Like you just have to, release this. And then let me show you how your body needs to be fed and needs to be moved to honor me. And then, um, yeah, that didn't last long. So, so you mentioned movement. So I want to let that be a segue into your running story and how that played out. I love this so much. So, um, just tell us about what running was like for you and what that's, uh, transformed into, through this uh, intuitive eating journey? Okay. Um, well, back in 2007, when I fell in love with Jesus um, through, during that divorce time, that was my first, um, I guess, like my mom took me running to help me get my mind off of things with her because she always ran. And it was, it was part of my journey, like getting closer to the Lord. Every time I went for a run, I felt closer to him, just listening to praise and worship music. I mean, this was like back when you had a big old iPod, you know, the cell phones weren't out yet, or if they were, they were flip phones. Like it wasn't, you know, um, but I had this big old iPod that I would carry and it was old music because I had got it on a computer that was in a (laughs) house that I didn't live at anymore. You know, it was just, it was David Crowder band, uh, albums. And anyway, so the love of running started then. And from then on up until 19, well, I'd say probably up until my son was born, um, I ran off and on all the time. Like I would go years, just continually running, doing little 5k races here and there. I ran two half marathons, um, in that time. Um, but it was always connected with, I'm on a diet or a, Mm -hmm. my goal was ultimately to lose weight, but I really enjoyed the running. Mm So it wasn't like super hard work for me, but I knew I was doing it because I was calculating the calories and all that sort of thing. Um, 
So when I decided to get back into, um, well, in 19 and in that week of November of Thanksgiving, when I thought I was about to start another strict diet program, I was also going to start training for a race. Mm -hmm. And uh, then whenever I decided to surrender all of the dieting, I thought, well, I'll still train for the race because I can still burn calories. <laughs> and so I would I see go you, girl. for a run. <laughs> I'd go for a run. Not even three minutes into it, my whole body would start to itch. And when I say itch, it was unbearable. Like I couldn't keep running. Like I had to stop. It was like my whole body was on fire. And um, I looked it up and it is a thing. It is, it, is a, it is a thing for someone that's been inactive for a very long time. And their capillaries, depending on what kind of your, your body is made, like your capillaries and your skin overheat too fast and it causes you to burn or itch or whatever. And I was like, well, it's because I haven't done anything in two years because I'm not happy with myself. You know, I, I kept trying to like play that card. And so I thought, well, if I just do a little bit every day, then that burning would go away. And then I could still run and burn calories while I'm eating what I want because I'm doing this whole intuitive thing, eating, you know, whatever. But in the back of my mind, I knew I was running to burn off the calories of the food that I was eating. Mm -hmm. I was still in that diet process. I got a treadmill even, put it outside. Y'all, I could not run. It didn't matter if I tried every day for a month and a half. I could not run because of the itching. Like it just would not stop. And then I remember one day I was out there on the treadmill and I just put it to walk because Erin always walked. She always told me that joyful movement didn't have to be like a workout. It could just be anything leisure that you do to move your body. So like if you want to go play tennis or if you want to go swimming or walking. So I lowered the speed down and I just walked and immediately the itching went away. And I was like, really? Like, you're not letting me walk. I mean, run. And I'm staring that this is one of those other like milestone hurdles that I had with the Lord just standing there on in my breezeway on the treadmill in the freezing cold outside. And I'm like, you're not letting me run because you know that I'm running for the wrong reasons. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. I'm like, okay, okay, you got me. Like, I just put my hands up and was like, all right, I won't run again. And I was so mad, but then I knew he was for my own good. So I just walked um, and I would listen to podcasts or, you know, different things. Um, And then it wasn't, so that was November, December, January ish of 19. Then we had all of COVID quarantine. And then let's see, October of 2020. So a full year almost. It was a cool day. And if there's any runners out there listening, you have, there's something in the air that just, you smell it, you feel it. And your body's like, go outside and go for a run. Mm -hmm. And I, I woke up early, did my quiet time, had my coffee. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, if I could just go run like, Oh God, it would be just it would be a beautiful run. Like I would run because I was able to run, not because I had to run. And I heard it clear as day. Well, go run. Oh my gosh. And I was like, what? Like 
I've got the release to go run. I'm like running through my house, putting on all my stuff, my sports bra, my shoes. My, I was like, oh my God. And I just went out the door. Not once did I itch. And I hadn't ran since, uh, you know, January or December of 19. So that whole theory of like your body's been inactive uh-huh. and your capillaries or whatever didn't seem to bother me that day. And I ran and then I ran again the next day and I just made sure that I ran because I wanted to run because it felt good, not because I had to. And, um, I made sure to keep my quiet time either right before the run or right after the run. Like the run wasn't going to take the place of that morning time that I had with the Lord or in the evening. Um, it was, it was, it was so cool to watch. Like he just released like, okay, now you're ready. And, um, now, I mean, I still run to this day and there's days that I feel like my legs are super heavy and I just walk. And had I been in that diet culture, I would have been discouraged and mad that my body wasn't doing what I wanted it to do because I needed to burn the calories because of, you know, it was just that cycle. And now it's like, ah, it felt good just to walk today. And I'm good as long as I moved. And, um, so yeah, he didn't let me run because I was running for the wrong reason. Oh, that's like such a good story. (laughs) Oh, I remember that day when you were like, he released me to run. He released me to run. I was like, yes, girl. (laughs) Oh, oh, I mean, it was just like every little fiber in me was like, you know, like this is the greatest thing ever. And it was because I, I could not because I had mm-hmm. to run. It was because I could run and because I wanted to run, not because I had to run. And that mind shift is such a difference. Like, you know, um, I don't know. It's beautiful. Yeah, this whole process has been beautiful. That's the shift to the joy. That's the joyful mm-hmm. and joyful movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm. Yeah. So, I know you mentioned that you're listening to praise and worship music while you're running sometimes. So can you just share your thoughts on running or some other kind of joyful movement being worship? Like, have you experienced that? What do you, what does that feel like for you? Yes. um, There's a few songs that honestly, every time they come on, it is like, I get chills and I just feel the presence of the Lord so much to where I even raise my hands in the air. And if I'm on the, if I'm in a neighborhood or if I'm on the highway, like, so what somebody else loves Jesus too. And they're going to be like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, But uh, yes, it is. It is something I think because he has brought me full circle with it, that I feel like I can honor him by doing this his way in the proper way, in the way that he intended it before, you know, all the other lies and culture got in the way. Um, but it is like a form of worship, definitely. Um, and there's days where I feel like he speaks so clear while I'm running. I get just inspiration or I'm processing something or I'm just praying so hard for someone or for something that we're going through. Um, it is definitely a form of worship to, um, you know, 
my husband and I had this discussion not long ago. Um, we were talking about like worship at church and how every church, you know, does it different. And, you know, some churches, um, you know, just depending on how you are in your faith and, and where you feel comfortable in those sorts of things. And, um, he said, you know, sometimes I think I can worship the Lord more by working in my woodworking shop than I can standing here at church, like because of the distractions and things. And, um, and it kind of didn't like it, it lasted that, that, that thought just stayed with me for a long time. And I kept thinking like, well, what do I do Lord that I could worship you with and running and, um, you know, being outside and in nature just really kind of, uh, resonated with me in that while I was talking, um, with Brian and explaining to him like, that is so cool. Like I'd never thought about that before. And, um, yeah, it's definitely a form of worship now because I do it with a pure heart. It's not self, um, I don't have any preconceived thoughts or, you know, or like, um, goals that are hidden anymore. It's, it's just, I'm doing this because I love it and I'm getting to be outside in your name and in, in your creation and the way that it makes me feel it just, my endorphins are going and this is what you gave us endorphins for a reason. And I'm just so grateful that I can feel that way. Hmm. I love that. I totally agree with Brian's point. Like I get that worship can be different and you can connect in a different way and it can feel different. Mm -hmm. Like obviously corporate worship and, you know, a church congregation where everybody's got their hands up and you're, you know, that's one type of worship. And that is a wonderful type of worship. I think Um, it certainly gets maybe even the head seat at the table, but I feel like so many of us, like you were thinking, Andrew, it's like, oh, I didn't really think there were other ways to do that. And one of the most beautiful things about this intuitive eating journey for me has been finding ways that are outside of that conventional worship where it's like just how I'm relating to this food, just how I'm moving my body, just how I'm thinking about myself and other people mm-hmm. is so much more worshipful. And it's like, exactly like you said, it's a pure heart and mm-hmm. uh, a mindset shift. Nothing to do with the body, <laughs> heart and mind. <laughs> yeah, so much of it is not about what we're doing. It's about why we're doing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That makes such a big difference. So I'm curious, Andrea, you kind of went through this. So how old was your son when you started like embracing intuitive eating? Oh, I think he was about to turn three. Okay. <clears throat> and now he's about four and a half. Yeah. So. so I'm curious, like, did embracing intuitive eating change the way you treat food or feeding him or meals with family or like with your husband, like what did it look like in your home as you started to embrace that? Um, well, funny that you say that, um, or you ask that question because, um, our son is really picky Mm -hmm. eater. And I think it's my fault because when he, well, when he was a little, like the little one, you know, like where you're doing all the like pureed stuff, Mm -hmm. he ate everything. He did eat a lot of different things, um, lots of different things that we would try and he would eat it. And then 
it's like they go through that phase between like one and two where they get kind of picky. And if you're not, if it's not shown to them every day and they don't see you eating it, then it gets lost and and then they don't try it again. And then they only eat the things that they know that they like. And we got stuck in that cycle um, because I was um, so hardcore in keto at that time when he was two that I made a special meal for myself. I made a special meal for my husband and then I made a special meal for my son. Mm-hmm. And I didn't cook all the vegetables and all the things because a lot of those vegetables you couldn't have in keto. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to make it um, just for my son for him to not want it and then throw it away. Right. So it was like wasteful in my mindset. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I'm one of those people that will eat every bit of leftovers mm-hmm. until the seven days. Like I'm counting. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's still good. We're going to eat it. You know, like I can't uh-huh. stand to waste food. So, um, so it was almost like I, I look back and like, that was my fault. Like I did that because had I been where I'm at now, he would have seen me eat tons of vegetables, cooking with all different flavors and things. He would have probably been more, um, like aptable or whatever to like want to try because he would, he'd have seen it all day long. Um, so he was already kind of picky, you know, by three years old, it was kind of like, this is what he likes and he doesn't want to budge there. So from there till now, um, from this past year and a half, he's still pretty picky, but we have found ways to make smoothies. Whereas smoothies was like a huge no, no in keto. Like, don't you dare do that. That's way too much fruit. That's way too much, you know, whatever. Um, so I'll do a lot of smoothies and I'll let him do it with me and then he'll taste them. So he does get a lot of fruits and vegetables that way. Um, we're slowly bringing in testing and trying and all of that, but it's, he's seeing me eat it every day. And so I think over time it is going to, it is going to shift um, and just making him a part of it. Whereas before he couldn't be a part of it because there was nothing to be a part of. It was, I got to eat this because this is the only thing I can eat. And then I've just got to hurry and make you something. And then poor husband got to figure out what he's going to eat, you Uh know? And then it was, uh, it was terrible. Um, But now I pretty much can cook for the whole family. And then I just add a whole bunch of, uh, vegetables and stuff for me. And, um, it was fun learning to cook with vegetables. And it's, um, last night a girl asked me, she's like, I mean, I love vegetables, but what I'm having a hard time with is like, am I only eating the vegetables? So I like know that they're healthy and I'm going to lose weight or can I still eat them? Like she was caught in that, like, Uh why am I eating the vegetables? You know? And I told her, I said, look, you will, you will come back full circle. Your body will crave those vegetables and you will feel like you will, you will understand why that you're going toward them. I said, just give it a chance. Cause I think she's on maybe number seven or eight of y'all's podcast and our, our episode from your first season. And she's, she's not sold in it yet. You know, she's like, I really yeah. want to do it, but I'm not, I'm afraid. And so I was just trying to encourage her that I even joined, um, like a recipe group during COVID in that quarantine where she taught recipes with vegetables and it wasn't like a diet for me. It was just, I don't know what to cook. I know how to cook green beans and I know what broccoli, but that was about it. And so, um, so I'm hoping that my son 
in time will, he will get better. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I had to ask about this because I know that it's, it's a thing for mamas that comes up no matter like what age your kids are when you start learning intuitive eating. Um, and our sons are like the exact same age, I think like four. And yeah. <laughs> um, and I have been practicing intuitive eating his whole life and offering him everything and still like he's a four-year-old and their taste buds mm-hmm. are really immature and they're, mm-hmm. they become pretty picky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, he would eat anything as a baby. And I had to like, always say to God, like, don't let me be prideful about this. Like, I know, like, don't let me be prideful about this. Cause people would always be like, oh my gosh, he'll eat anything. And I'd be like, yeah, intuitive eating. But I would try so hard to like, let it go, let it go. Um, And now like, he's pretty, like he'll, there's stuff he used to, he would totally eat. And now he's like, ew, yuck. Or, you know, he doesn't want to try it. And, um, So I just wanted to talk about it to encourage you, like they will come around as long as you just keep offering and letting them choose whether they take it or not. Right. um, And now it's not going to go to waste because I'll eat it off his plate Yeah. (laughs) or I'll save it for tomorrow. You know, it's like, this is good. Like I'm going to eat this if you don't. So at least I put it there. And, you know, at least he's seeing it. Whereas before I just never even offered it. Yeah. in that time period because I was afraid yeah. it was going to go in the trash and I couldn't yeah. eat it. So, And if it's a no pressure situation, like you can try it if you want or not, whatever, like eventually they come around. I think, I think with time as like they're watching the whole family enjoy it, then it's like, oh, okay, well, they've all been enjoying this for like mm-hmm. times now. Like maybe I'll, I'll taste right. it and, and give it a go. So it sounds like you're, you're doing exactly the right way of kind of exposing a kid to, to food. I think I, I'm trying to think if I brought this up on the podcast before, but Ellen Satter, um, is really, really, really good information about feeding kiddos. Um, okay. So just for anybody that's, that's interested in that, or like struggling through that transition of, I was dieting and now I'm trying to do intuitive eating and like, ah, how do I fix my kid? You know? Right. Um, Ellen Satter's really, really good. She kind of like lays down like the rules, like as an adult, you're in charge of what foods are offered and when they're offered and kids are in charge of what they eat of what's offered and how much they eat. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, her, her stuff is really, really good. And I think I'm pretty sure she usually says like kids often have to be exposed to something 14 to 20 times before yes. they try it. That's like 20 times of making a dish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so oh, good. How about that's your husband? Did you get any, um, like what was his response to watching this change in you? Because you know he noticed you were making yourself these special meals and now we're eating together as a family. Like what was his? Um, well, he jokes with me because um, he's he's pretty intuitive with like my, um, I guess like my patterns and especially like the different weeks of like, you know, just being a female and like our hormone cycle and all that. And 
he'll always like make jokes like, oh, it must be because she's out there running, you know, like, like I would just be in this cycle. And Mm -hmm. then when intuitive eating came around, he's like, you mean you're not like on some crazy diet? Like he would list like all the ones that I had done Uh before. I'm like, no. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, I'm I'm really not. He's like, are you counting your calories? I'm like, no. And he's like, are you like, we'd go to a restaurant. He's like, oh, what? You ate more than nine chips. I'm like, I know I can, you know? So it was very noticeable at first. And he would just kind of be like, what is this another thing that she's going to being hung up on? And then, you know, it's a fad and then it'll go away. But, um, but now, I mean, he's definitely, he's just kind of like, I like this. I like this, Andrea, like Mm -hmm. you're not, um, so like driven with these diet plans that we can't go to a restaurant because you can't eat anything there Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, yeah. So he's definitely noticed and he loves that, um, you know, he has a big sweet tooth. And so if he makes an apple pie, he lo- he makes the best apple pies. And so if he makes an apple pie, like I'll try it now and I'll have a piece. Whereas before it was like, oh no, that's like a sin for me to eat this. And um, so he's definitely, he likes it. Um, he's pretty picky himself. And mm-hmm. so I'm hoping as time goes on, he'll kind of, uh, taste the vegetables a little bit more and more. One day I made some potatoes a different way and I threw in some sweet potatoes in there and he was always like, no, I want sweet potato. That's like healthy. I don't want that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he tasted it and he was like, Oh, this is pretty good. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And, I always you like know. to say like exposing husbands to food is just the same as exposing <laughs> It really is and offering it and making it no big deal. And eventually they come along. Yeah. But he, he's definitely noticed. And I think he sees the happier side of me. Um, you know, he did make a comment. Um, we got back from vacation and I'm still like still running. Like it's not like, cause before it was, from January till June, I'm like hitting it hard with the diet plan and the running and all these things. And then you get back from vacation and it's like, ah, I don't have to do anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you had to look a certain way in a bathing suit or whatever. Um, And he noticed, he was like, you're still running. I'm like, "Mm -hmm," because I like it. (laughs) Not because I have to anymore. And he was like, "Hmm, okay. You know, like he's, it's like little things he's just noticing. And to me, that means a lot because Yes. He sees it's not that cycle that I was in for so long. Exactly. exactly. And that's what intuitive eating definitely like breaks that, that cycle. And it becomes like sustainable mm-hmm. lifestyle, dare I say, because wellness culture tries to make all these diets a lifestyle. Um, oh, I know. There is no lifestyle about restricting anything. No. That is not a lifestyle. No. Yeah. But like intuitive eating, joyful movement, totally sustainable lifestyle. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. So Andrea, I kind of have a little operating theory um, that might account for what I would consider to be a relatively smooth transition from dieting to intuitive eating. And um, I in getting to know you have found you to be an incredibly 
uh, connected to the Lord and spirit led person. And I think that is like a super strength <laughs> in all of life, but certainly um, a skill to be cultivated and developed and really leaned on um, and making a transition. So I want to hear you um, share a little bit about how um, how you interact with Holy Spirit, how you cultivate your connection with the Lord and just how you have learned to listen um, and obey to uh, to that. Um, gosh, where do I start? <laughs> um, Maybe daily practices or something like that. Like where, how do you live that out? Um, how do you stay close? The main thing is that, um, I, I get, like, I, I put time away just for the Lord. Um, and when I started, let's say, I think it was. I guess it was around that 2007, 2008 ish time. So it's been well over 10 years um, and going on probably 25 years if I can count right. But um, I remember that my time with the Lord was at night at the beginning. It was before I went to bed or after I got off work. And it was just whenever I could fit it in. And then when life got really busier, I got a different job. And then when we got married, um, I made sure that. Um, that this relationship would never come before the Lord because that was something that had happened in my previous life and our previous life, but previous marriage and that sort of thing. And so it was like this promise that I remember having my very first quiet time in our home after we were married and um, just, you know, telling the Lord, like this time with you will always come. Always. I'm not going to let anything get between it. And it was almost, um, I don't know, it just became a routine, but not a routine like a checklist. It was just a routine of who I was, like, how do I start my day? And I think it was probably then when it became like a morning thing. Um, there's things that I've done Bible studies. I'll read different books. Um, journaling is something that I do a lot. And a method that I've learned and I've used over the last few years is called the HEAR method. And um, H stands for highlight. So I pick a book of the Bible, let's say Colossians, and I would read a chapter a day and you highlight anything that stands out to you in that one chapter. And then I would write H on my notebook and then write the verses that I had highlighted in my Bible. And then E stands for explain. So I would then explain in my own words what was happening in that one chapter. So if I had to go to a commentary or something to kind of get some backstory of what was going on, I would read that. Um, but just so I understand, like, what is what is this passage about? And then A is to apply. And so I would write A in my notebook, you know, a little dash, and I would apply what I'm reading to my own life. So how can I connect this with my life? And then R is response. What's my response to this? And that method, I started a few years ago and I don't do it every morning because sometimes I do studies or sometimes I'm reading other things, but I always seem to come back to it every few months. And um, it really helps me like stay connected and really like, what is the Lord trying to tell me in this scripture? Because he, he wants to tell us all sorts of things. And it's just, if we're taking out the time to read it and to process it. Um, and then that method just helps me 
um, just really tap in out of that process. Um, something else that I've, I've learned is just to listen for the Holy Spirit. Uh, it started out probably whenever I was uh, dating that first fella. I mean, that was probably the first time I'd ever heard in my spirit. It was like my voice, but it was a different voice, if that makes sense. It's like your own voice, but a different voice. And it spoke louder than any other thing that I thought. Like it it um, had dominion over any other thoughts. So if I tried to change my thought, it would still be there. And I remember writing down that whole thing about if this relationship, you know, if, if you water it, it's going to flourish. If not, it's going to die. And then it wasn't probably for probably eight years or so before I, I was like, well, Lord, I want to hear that again. Like you gave that to me when I was 19 or 20. Um, I, I want to hear you like that again. And so I started to seek and ask the Lord speak to me again in that way. And he gave me so many scriptures in the New Testament when the Lord says, I'm going to give you a helper. I'm going to give you a counselor, the Holy Spirit and how, you know, it's going to help guide you. And, and, and so it really like just calmed me thinking like, is this Jesus or is this something else? <laughs> like, like, is this my own self or is this like what? And so um, I just remember Jesus, like in my spirit, which is like, you can try and think of other things, but my voice is still going to speak louder. And I would try it. Like I would hear him say like, be still or something. And um, in my own words, I would try and think of like tractor, you know, like just like something off the wall to see if I could get that thought away. And his voice would just overcome it. Like be still. Like it was just, and he's like, this is the Holy spirit. Like this is me. And so I just really cultivated that. And now because I I've sought after that so much, this has been probably 10 years. I can be in a conversation with someone and I can hear that thought come over that just overtakes every other thought that says pray for them for their marriage or you know like so I know like like I'm sorry but I think I need to pray for you for your marriage and she's just like oh my god you know like like that was the Holy Spirit prompting me to tell you like I need to pray for you and um so my relationships and this intuitiveness that I have with the Holy Spirit has helped me tremendously with this eating process because um because of the yo-yo dieting, I was the person that restricted so much. And then I gorged on my off time. So whenever I was having the freedom to eat all the things, I caught myself because I was on one part of, like you taught me, I was on one part of the pendulum and then I was swinging way on the other side. And I stayed over there for a really long time, just ate everything in sight until I was just nauseous. And then that's when I could hear in my spirit, like, but anything in excess is not good. And it's in Proverbs that I actually found that actual scripture later. And I'm thinking, oh, I didn't even know there was a scripture, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? And um, so now whenever I'm at a Mexican restaurant and I'm eating chips and dip and I'm like, I, it's like an old habit. I try and eat as many chips as I can because this is a treat and I'm not going to ever get this again. So I got to hurry and eat it all. I stop and I'm like, anything in excess is not good. I can eat this tomorrow. Can I get it to go box? Thanks. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, stop when you're full, like you don't have to finish it. And so, um, just knowing his, knowing his voice has 
uh, helped me in all areas because it's helped me in my walk with writing and with teaching and with being a mother and a wife and now all the food. So. Mm, I love that. Yeah. You have a, a beautiful, deep, intimate relationship with the Lord on that. And I just, um, I am blessed by getting to see it up close and I love that you <laughs> talk about it too. Like all the time I get, I never get tired of hearing. Um, I think it's so important for us to talk more about how we hear from God and how he's communicating with us and just like normalize conversations like this and have more of them mm-hmm. and like appreciate the different, like my experience with that is different and that's okay. Right. And like, I just, I'm right. always fascinated and just enjoy um, hearing about that so much. Oh, and okay. So you mentioned writing and teaching. So before, uh, before we wrap up, I want you to, to speak just a little bit about what you see um, as a teacher in terms of like how, how can we bring this um, following Jesus, not diets approach to teenagers who are, because uh, you're a high school teacher, on their phones like their life depends on it? Um, how, do we, how do we speak to their mental health? How do we speak to their eating and their relationship with foods and most, most of all their identity? Um, what, what are you seeing on the front lines there as, as a teacher? Oh, you know, it's bad. I mean, they're, they're so caught up in it and they're so caught up in diet culture and so caught up in the just culture in all the ways. Um, how do I see, okay, got me speechless here. Okay. Well, one thing, um, like myself, I didn't know it was bad until a seed was planted. So if we can get our generation, 30s, 40s, 50s, we all have children or know of children in that teen age. If our generation can figure this out and get through it and have freedom in it, then I truly think we will then be able to start planting seeds. Um and to reach down to the generation behind us. And then also while we're reaching down to that generation, we can be teaching our own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that there's that gap of the kids that we didn't raise and that are already in, you know, in culture and they're already like just so focused into it. Um, but I, I truly think they're going to see the freedom branch off from the old, you know, like from their parents and that sort of thing. Um, so just planting seeds. Um, I mean, apps, I don't know if, if y'all have any future interest in an app, uh, but, uh, that would be huge because they're always on their phones. So there's an app called peace with food. Oh, okay. Uh, That is phenomenal. Um, that teaches you intuitive, mindful eating, uh, created by an eating disorder dietitian. Um, so, 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 so good. I think that it, it's like a monthly fee. So you pay to use it monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like 
uh, classes in there, like lives where they teach stuff. And it's so good. So that is a huge, I recommend the Peace With Food app. Peace With Food, okay. Yeah, especially if you, you like someone's like a My Fitness Pal tracker, using their Fitbit like crazy, stuff like that. Like you could sell them on the the Peace With Food app. Yes. Easily, I think. Yeah. And I think too, um, now that there's more of a movement of people wanting this freedom, um, you know, just even with my own, um, I mean, my little platform of people that I speak to and, and, and deal with on a, you know, on a local level or whatever, like just the little seeds of things that we can share. Um, so for all of those people that are finding freedom, with intuitive eating, um, just to, just to share it because it's going to take on and it's going to continue to multiply and become a wave that comes through our culture. I hope and pray, mm-hmm. uh, because that is where the enemy has got so many women in bondage and so many young girls in bondage and, and men too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so also, um, probably uh, an Instagram y'all need to get y'all can uh get y'all a little young Instagram girl that's like in her 20s it's like <laughs> 19 20 and she can just turn all of y'all's messages into a teen you know a more a teen yeah yeah that's not so a bad idea probably maybe something in the future that y'all could be praying for for God to just send you that right girl that just has done it and has gone through it, a younger version of ourselves, and who says, I want to, I want to be a part of this. Uh, my head's already telling me who that girl is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. oh, my goodness. Okay, Andrea, um, give us a little, a little rundown of all of your books and studies and where, um, where the listeners can connect with you online. Um, tell us where to find you. Okay, they can get to me at andreapbourgeois.com. And my Instagram and Facebook handles are the same, Andrea P. Bourgeois. I have two books out, Just Breathe, A Modern Day Exodus Journey to Revive Your Soul. It's a five-week study that parallels Israelites' relationship with the Lord and the Christian walk. And then my second book is Anchor My Soul. And it is a compilation of 25 women's stories of turning pain into purpose through storms of life. And Erin is actually one of the stories. So uh, <laughs> you can read her intuitive eating journey on there as well. Oh, so good. Yay. I'm so excited. That, that is um, your resources are fantastic. And I want everybody to come connect with you. Her Instagram is super inspiring to y'all. So definitely give Andrea a follow. And we've got some fun questions before we close. Yes. So the question that we always ask, Andrea, is coffee or tea and how do you take it? Um, as my coworker would laugh if she was going to listen to this. And so I'm going to have to make sure she does. Um, I like my coffee black, black, you know, no sugar, no, no sweetener, just black, just like dirt. <laughs> <laughs> she always makes fun of me. She's like, how do you drink it like that? I'm like, I don't know. I just like it black. But I do um, add a little heavy cream sometimes to make it taste good. Yeah. So, but no sweetener, just nice. just black coffee. Like now, when I was pregnant, uh, I did love tea 
uh, because, you know, you can't have that much caffeine or whatever. So um, I did a lot of tea and I would go to Starbucks and I would ask this one particular barista and she made the best. It was a peach tea London fog style. Mm. It was delicious. So that was Molly tea. Nice. <laughs> nice. I love it. Okay. Valentine's Day. Are you a fan or would you rather pass? Um, I'm really not a big fan because my husband is such a, um, he loves to give me flowers like all the time. And he knows, he just knows my passion for flowers. Like our yard has a lot of flowers in it. And I always have fresh flowers either from the yard or he'll go like to the store and get a bundle of fresh. Um, so he knows my love for flowers. And on Valentine's Day, we make it a point not to get flowers just because it's a day that the world is telling us we have to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> so we're kind of like anti-Valentine's Valentine's holiday. Just, I don't know. He's like, I don't want to have to get you flowers on that day because the world's telling me I have to. I want to get them every day because I want to. Yeah. So that's kind of where we, <laughs> kind of where we stand. I'm like, okay. And so now we just kind of make fun of like how we don't do flowers on Valentine's Day. I love it. I love that you're a flower enthusiast. Oh, I love, I love it. it oh, I love it too. Um, okay. A song that like really pumps you up. Like what is your. Who am like? I? Let's see. Who am I by need to breathe? When I am on the last stretch of my run and I know I like, it's like, I'm almost home and I just need to get there. I put that song on and it's like wind in my sails and I just keep going. I love it. I love them. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Okay. Describe like the best run, you know, like you were talking about like a cool October day, like what's like that? Like this is the best run. Um, and the temperatures around 45 degrees and that's pretty cold for Lake Charles. Um, but low humidity. Um, and when there's that just little crispness in the air early in the morning, just when the sun is already up, um, to where you get warm enough, but you're still cool. Like you're not like super sweaty and, uh, your body just feels like it can go forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, your legs aren't heavy. So, um, I don't know. It was just like, it's just that day that you just feel like, yeah, I think I'm just going to keep going. And like, you don't even pay attention to how long you're running. You just keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Yes. That's when it is the best when you're just like in it and enjoying it. And they're not yes. thinking about like, is this over yet? Love it. Okay. Yes. As quickly as you can respond, like what is beauty? Oh, beauty is from within. It is the way that God created us in his way that he wants to shine out through us. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's been so awesome to hear your story and get to know oh, you. Thank you. Oh, yes. I've been looking forward to this conversation for so long. I'm so glad we finally got to do it. I that. know. I know. Goodness. Um, Andrew- well, I thank y'all so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for sharing your story and just being being vulnerable and uh, just speaking your truth. It's it's powerful and it blesses women. And I know you're going to encourage other people to go out and plant those seeds and they see you doing it. And that's already 
bringing in um, harvest. So thank you for sharing yes. then and now. And yes. uh, I'd love it if you could close us in prayer. Okay. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just um, thank you so much for our bodies and thank you so much for um, the families and the people that you've put in our lives and the foods and the movement that you have allowed us to have. Um, Lord, I pray for each listener that um, you would speak to them in a special way and that you would encourage them along this journey, whether they're not totally in it yet and they are interested but haven't been sold out on the idea of intuitive eating or someone who is in it and struggling with um, their past and the things that have caused them to turn to the diet culture or the woman, even the father that has been doing intuitive eating for so long and gets triggers from here, from here and there, um, from the diet culture world, making them feel less than for some reason and, and listening to those lies from the enemy. And Lord, we just pray that, um, you cancel out all of the lies and you just bring truth, bring truth to these women and allow to set them free. And, um, we just pray that our bodies and um, our intuitive eating lifestyle can honor you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. If you find value in what we are creating, would you consider supporting the podcast? For just $10 a month, you can support Intuitive Eating for Christian Women by joining our membership program. In the membership program, you get access to our members-only resource library, and you get an invite to our exclusive members-only monthly coffee dates. This is a monthly Zoom call where we get together as a community and pray and share our intuitive eating journeys with Jesus. These coffee dates are for you, sister, if you're looking for more interaction, some fellowship, and some accountability. We'd love to have you come join us in the membership program. You can check out all the details on becoming a member by visiting our podcast website. It's intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com slash support. We'll see you in the next episode.